0: It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo.
1: It's eight minutes after eight. Thanks so much for staying with us. If you've just joined us, welcome to the Forum at 8. Now, this morning, we're talking about the high cost of data in South Africa. And I know you do not need much encouragement to participate in this one. The lines are open 891 104208 You can SMS us on 34701 That will cost you one, Rand. And you can, of course, also tweet or Facebook us at AMLive on SAFM. And please use the hashtag AMLive. Now, this particular conversation has been raging for quite a while in South Africa. And last week made headlines once again after well-known radio personality, Thabo Mulefe, also known as Thibaut Touch, um, started the hashtag Data Must Fall campaign. And he gave the cell phone networks a 30-day ultimatum to make a change or else subsistence subscribers should migrate to cheaper service providers. And uh, today is uh, the 11th day since that ultimatum was issued. And uh, some telecommunication experts agree with the recent public outcry over exorbitant cell phone uh, uh, data costs. And I'm sure all of us can relate to this. It's, it's, the, it's the weirdest thing under the sun. You know, that free, the so-called free data that they give you that lasts for a day or two. But miraculously, if you top up, It goes on for longer than that. I'm not sure how that happens, why that happens. We invited uh, the service providers. Unfortunately, um, we're not surprised that they have turned us down, so they won't be speaking to us. Uh, But uh, we do have other guests this morning. Uh, We have uh, from ICASA, Councillor Pelay in our studio. Thanks for coming through. Thank you. And uh, we also have joining us uh, on the line or rather in our Cape Town, our Seapoint Studios with that beautiful view, um, Executive Director at Research ICT Africa, Alison Gilwell. Thanks for speaking to us this morning. Good
2: morning. Thank you.
1: So um, firstly, I think it would be a good place to start to just look at what we pay for data in South Africa comparative uh, to maybe other SADC countries, uh, broader Africa, and also across the world. How do we compare, Professor?
2: Um, So the answer to this question is a lot more complex than it's been presented. There have been uh, problems with measuring how do you measure um, data in this very dynamic prepaid mobile environment. The traditional measures that are used, one gigabyte, for example, it's used as an international measure, um, for data prices really is not how people use data in this country. So on the one gigabyte measure, South Africa comes out at about 16 out of the 49 countries that we measure data prices for. Um, but that price also needs to be looked at against a number of other variables. So South Africa, for example, has much higher penetration rates than many other countries. It's got arguably better quality in various parts of the country, um, and various operators. Um, and in fact, we find a lot of really excellent value in some of these bundled products and these zero-rated products. Um, and, and that's really the way people are using um, data. No, you know, it's not just not being used in this sort of traditional old um, kind of way. So um, if you argue, um, operators are quite right when they argue that there's some very good value um, products out there. Um, that don't fall into these traditional measures. The effective price that people are paying is probably considerably lower, is definitely
1: considerably lower than that. So does that mean that South Africans are, you know, crying foul over nothing? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, one needs
2: to look at this. It's a a very gently balanced ecosystem and prices are... Some of the best measured prices and penetration, are some of the best measures of policy outcomes, how successful your policy is. And South Africa's policy is to develop competitive markets in order for the private sector to make these billions and billions of rands of investments that they do that have created this mobile revolution um, to deliver um, public services. And um, so, you know, there is a transition happening from voice to um, data services that is very costly in terms of network build-out, moving from... 2.5 and 3G, 3 and and 4G, 5G networks that have to be built out. And there are inherently high costs in doing so. Um, If we look at some of the other countries with very low prices, for example, artificially politically set low prices, um, in Ethiopia, for example, we had very low prices um, for data, but there was... Barely any, you know, there was barely any service outside of Addis Ababa, and um, very little capital to reinvest in that network and extend, or very little profit in that network to extend those networks. So we do see a very successful um, investment rollout, but we are seeing the challenges of these new. Um, networks, the new data networks being rolled out, and there is always a, a, a price hike with those initial investments. And then it comes off as the transition is made to these new technologies, you get economies of scale, more people coming online and buying these services. So we will see um, a price reduction. But there is a problem in the sense that we don't really know. We know what the cost drivers are. We know there are certain cost drivers that we can't do anything about, like the RAND volatility, the price of power, and various things. And then we know there are certain cost drivers that we could have done a lot more about. And a lot of the people who are complaining about it, the prices being high haven't done enough. So we don't really have a good sense of those costs from the regulator. They've got a big backlog. They're trying to deal with that now. But we, don't, we can't actually say to the operators, you, in fact, price gouging, and this is what you, you know, we, we, this is what we're going to do to bring down those prices. We also know that the prices uh, that the operators are rolling out these new networks on sub spectrum, because the government and the regulator together, and are now locked in a battle, have failed to release that spectrum over six over six years. So there, a lot of the things that would be nice to say to the operator because prices certainly can come down. I mean, I'm sure there's um, some fact there Mm. that one could get those prices down. We're unable to say that because we don't know the real costs and we don't know to what degree there is um, dominance in the market because we haven't done the market reviews or to what degree there's actually... Um, the, um anti-competitive behavior with that dominance which is the real factor.
1: Mm. So yeah. Before I get the regulator to respond um uh, let me just ask when you say there is scope for those prices to come down um would that be by any significant
2: margin? Um you know as, as I said it's very difficult without the um cost data from the operators you know a proper cost study being done so that you can see where 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 what what the cost drivers are and where Um, prices are very high. So, for example, we know that the price um, fat is probably in the wholesale pricing because international wholesale prices have come down. Um, What has happened is that um, people are getting more data for the same price that they were paying, but this doesn't really make the prices more affordable for low-end users. And we know that even if we get these prices cost-based, which is the price of delivering these services with a decent rate of return to reinvest in the networks, that there's still going to be large numbers of South Africans that cannot afford these products. And this is where we've really been very unimaginative in South Africa. There are a lot of ways that we could allow communities to self-provide, to use that GSM spectrum if it's not being used to provide competition in those um, networks because many of the rural areas only have one or two operators. They can't even enjoy the benefits of the fabulously low telecom and sell C prices that are there. Mm. And then there's also the issue that, in fact, it's not just about price. The bulk of people are not on these cheapest, lowest um, products. They, you know, they're not voting with their feet. There is very cheap, um, you know, very ch- um, cheap products available from Celci and Telcom, that um, you know people are not joining. They do not have the market share. They're not being able to make those gains. I think Celci, you know, it certainly is making some gains, but it's together with its bundled products and its very low voice and and SMS prices.
1: Well, um, let's ask um, Councillor from ICASA, uh, Katarina Pale, uh, to respond to that. Uh, so, 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 what is ICASA doing to, in order to facilitate uh, the prices coming down? Uh, because you have been accused, um, as the regulator, of not doing enough to support competition, for example, um, across this particular sector. But as Dr. Gilwell was saying, it's hard to, you know, speak figures in some of these instances when you don't know exactly what they are. Thank you. I think um Dr. Gale raises some
0: um interesting points and there are a number of factors that that go into the pricing of of a particular service like data. Um and that doesn't seem to feature in many of the conversations. It it's really like she says it's it's a very delicate ecosystem and you need to strike a balance because the issue is do you want ubiquitous ne- networks? Do you want the lowest price? Do you want good quality? And we want all of them. So in order, to, in order to do that, you have to find, uh, you have to strike a fine balance. But that doesn't mean that the prices are necessarily where they ought to be. But it is a process, and it's not that simple for the regulator to simply drop prices. We have processes that we have to follow. And the challenge that you have is that if you don't follow the processes precisely um, in terms of the, the legislation, then you get taken under review and you take 20 steps back. So you have to follow due process. But in the meantime, we have done some things. Initially, our focus was voice, bringing the, the, the voice tariffs down. And at that point, we did say that our the next uh, area that we would focus on is data. But at the same time, we needed to um, watch what was happening in that space. And with the tariffs that are lodged with the regulator, we do find that tariffs have come down over a five-year period. Um, And inasmuch as tariffs have come down, the volume of data is also grown. So um, one of the the potential areas, and this is not necessarily subject to regulation and it's something operators could potentially do, is they've never given you an opportunity to choose as a consumer whether you want more data at the same price or do you want to pay less and have the same amount of data that you had. So say, for example, you paid X for um, um, a gig of data. So they still allow you to pay X and they give you two gigs. Perhaps I want to pay half X and and get the one gig because that's all I need. Um, so we haven't really had that kind of engagement in terms of consumers, but those would have to be processes that we would have to follow, you know, in terms of investigating the market more and doing a casting study. That That is something that we're looking at during the course of this financial year. But in in the last financial year, what we've done is we – Published a regulation called the End User and Subscriber Service Charter. And what that does is it in, introduces tr- uh, transparency measures. So, effectively, um, when somebody subscribes to a service, you need to find out where, whether there actually is, whether it's voice or data, whether there's coverage in your area. And you don't just look at the coverage from where you, you know, one spot. So, if for example, Um, You use your data mostly at work or at home or wherever you socialize. So you need to make sure that that the person has coverage or the operator has coverage in that area. Then you need to, um, the operator has to, at the point of sale, tell you what the tariffs are, what the expiry rules are, what are the the rules in terms of price hikes, because you may remember from last year there was an issue where operators had increased their data pricing uh, uh, Mm mid-term with contracts. So we've introduced those measures so that you have a more informed consumer such that you can make choices that are appropriate to your circumstances. Um, But like I said, transparency is the first measure. Then um, when it comes to data expiry, contract terms and conditions don't fall within ICASA's jurisdiction. That is the jurisdiction of um, the NCC, and ECASA has a working arrangement with them. So we have a memorandum of agreement, and we are in the process of looking at data expiry. Um, that said,
1: what is ECASA's concern around that?
0: Well, we we are alive to the concerns that consumers have raised, that your data expires and you've already paid for the you've paid for the data. Um, you know, those are the things you'd look at. So, would you extend the 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 period? If you extend the period, that would uh, potentially mean that if you're a prepaid subscriber, then then that means that you would buy data less frequently because it would have a uh, a longer period. But these are all the things that you would have to interrogate and investigate and. In in the processes that I was talking about Because it's not that simple to make such a determination Then we'd be accused of um, having a predetermined
1: outcome the other issue with data is that um, it's, it's a lot more abstract also because unlike with uh, you know, calls of prof, uh, Dr. Gilwald where you can say I have so much and I know I can speak for so long, you, you can actually measure that very accurately. The, the, the issue with data is you can't exactly do that and, and you are often surprised when you are told you've run out of data when you don't understand where it went.
2: Um, the, the, there's a lot of consumer awareness that's, you know, that needs to be built into um, offering transparent services, um, even these, you know, fabulously priced, um, bundled, you know, um, products that we're getting, um, you know, when it's zero rated, when you're actually paying the dynamic pricing that's, you know, b- been seen as so popular amongst uh, price sensitive users that you, you, you pay a lower price when the um, when the um, seller's not congested, the mass, the um Station is not congested, and um, these all require kind of quite high levels of of consumer <laughs> literacy and and also technology literacy. So that is a, it is it is a problem. I mean I think there are loads and loads of complaints both with the consumer council and with ECASA, around people you know having downloads that go on in the background and they're paying for for for, for data etc. The problem, the, the issue with data and data expiring and the sort of abstractness of it, it's essentially part of a, a network planning and network congestion. Um, issue. So um, operators could say, well, you, once you've bought the data, it's just there forever, um, you know, and you can use it whenever you finally get around to using it, you, you know, mm. you could use it. But you then have to pay a lot more for your data because basically what the operators have done is allotted you a period of time on their networks to use that data so that they can get some more network data onto the network and, you know, more traffic onto the network and people purchasing it. So there is a cost aspect to, to the expiring data. You know, it does disappear in the sense that it, from a, a network planning point of view, it's been allocated and it's gone. Um, you know, obviously the data is just constantly running across the networks all the time. So there's a sense in which that, it hasn't disappeared in that sense, but your allocated use of it at that period has gone. So there's a cost There's a cost aspect to that as well.
1: Well, our listeners want to get in on this as well. 891 we did say the lines are open. Gigi is calling us from uh, Port Elizabeth. Good morning, Gigi. Yes, good morning, Sakina. Sakina, I just want to share with you and your
3: guests a scam that my husband and I um, have been the victim of by a service provider. I don't know if I can mention the service provider. Well, go
1: ahead, Gigi. We're talking
3: about this. Yeah, it is Telcom. They're offering those 5 plus 5 gigs on an LTE, very fancy contract. We bought it a few months ago, and then we discovered that our data was just disappearing within the first 10 days. And ask them what you ask them. They never give you a clear answer where the data has gone to. They can't tell us what happened to it, until eventually uh, at the call center, one of the Telcom uh consultant himself said he had the same problem with his uh, contract, also with Telecom. And when he inquired about it, they discovered that these kinds of routers they upgrade themselves like three times a month, and to upgrade themselves they get a lot of data, which is taken out of our data that we paid for. And he says that yeah, the, his, his supervisor is investigating the issue and all of that. But my question is, where does one go with such a situation? Where is our resort as a consumer, where all
1: of a sudden we discover that we've been done in? Okay, thank you so much, Gigi. Um, uh, let's uh, get a response from uh, um, Katarina Pale from ICASA.
0: Thank you, That that's a great question. That's one of the reasons that we actually introduce transparency measures, because we find that consumers don't know. It's A lot of this is in happens in, in, in a dark hole. So essentially what consumers need to do when you have a situation like this is you lodge your complaint with the operator. You always give them the opportunity to reply. Mm-hmm. Once they've addressed it and they have 14 business days to address your complaint, make sure you get a reference number. If they don't re- resolve your complaint to your satisfaction or they don't respond at all, then you lodge your complaint with the CASA because we deal only with disputed complaints. Were you're not happy or somebody hasn't responded to you. So when it, when your complaint is referred to a the we deal with the operator, we liaise with them, and they have 14 business days. And if the complaint is still not resolved, it gets referred to our Alternative Dispute Resolution Committee, which is effectively um, a session that can be done telephonically um, where the consumer gets the opportunity to present their facts. We listen to the operator and we uh, we find a, a solution to the problem. And we've resolved most of our complaints that have been referred to to ADR. We actually have a pretty high resolution rate for all complaints referred to ECASA. But it's very important to always go to the operator first, get a reference number, and then you can come to ECASA. Um, and that that would give you some sort of sense in terms of the data, because typically when you lodge a complaint in terms of billing like that or data usage, they give you what's known as an activity report, so it gives you a sense of how you used it. It's not the ideal, uh, because it it is uh, quite a difficult way of um, using the, you know, trying to trace where you've been in terms of data usage. But the other thing that consumers need to know is that if you're disputing a bill like that, you, you... you don't have to pay the disputed portion of the bill. Um, you only have to pay your subscription. But if you don't pay your subscription, then um, they may suspend the service. The only part that you could withhold is the disputed part. So, say for example, your monthly subscription is five hundred rand, and you're disputing a hundred rand. You withhold the hundred rand, and you pay the five hundred rand, okay. and because it
1: does help you with that. Um, Let's hear from Chico in Nelspruit. Good morning, Chico. Hello, Chico. Okay, we'll come back to Chico after the news break. But before we go there, just on this issue of uh, data expiring, and um, there's a tweet here, uh, Dr. Gilwald, it says um, uh, the issue is that expired data then gets recycled and sold back to you for something that you had already paid for. Uh, Surely this can't be right.
2: Yeah, as I said, I, I, you know, it's not recycled and sold back to you. And uh, the data, you know, the, the data is there. A certain amount of data, the capacity that the operator has across his, its network, um, is there, and it's allocated for use. It's sold, you know, um, for individual use. So there's a sense in which, yes, in which when it, um, it you know, when it expires, it's then back in the pool, you know, to be reallocated for, um, you know, uh, for, for use but by why someone does else. does it expire to begin with? Well, as I said, it expires because net, uh, operators have to plan the traffic on their networks. Otherwise, we'd have enormous congestion. And as soon as we do get congestion, by the way, <laughs> a lot of complaints, a lot of people say, you know, oh, I wouldn't mind paying for a lower quality. But in fact, we're, we're so used to relatively high quality that when people try and do this, Um, And we can speak about these options because they really do present solutions for, you know, people who can't afford um, high bandwidth um, services. But, you know, um, people basically the the operator is planning his network for a certain optimal um, level of service, quality of service. Mm. And so he has to he or she has to um, um, plan the network so that the traffic, um, you know, is not. Uh, it doesn't become congested. The people doesn't but, become but, congested.
1: But can't they take that into consideration as part of their planning process? That you would have a certain portion left over, you know, that people haven't yet exhausted. Well, well, as I said, the problem with that, as I said, you can do that. You could
2: have, you could say, okay, I'm going to build this massive network, and I'm only going to have, you know, enough traffic for ten people to be on, and they will all be guaranteed the quality they have. Over, you know, three months or a year or whatever it's going to be. But that obviously has costs associated with the more traffic you have across the network, the more the lower you can make the price. It's kind of economies of scale. So if you say, okay, I'm going to keep this network, you know, available for anybody to use in months and months, in case they haven't used their data, you know, within the first three months, um, you could do so, but it would be very expensive It would make network planning almost impossible.
0: It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning. On AM
1: Live. 891 wait, 208 is the call-in number. We're talking uh, the cost of data, the high cost of data in South Africa. And uh, I must say, many of our listeners not happy this morning with either of our guests saying you're making excuses for these cell phone uh, service providers and that these data costs must simply be slashed. Let me read a few. Uh, TDK Speak says, a network operators are a law unto themselves and Icasa is a toothless bulldog. we being ripped off here data must fall. The Revolutionary says, ICASA failed us on dropped calls and they are way behind the curve. Most smartphone users use data, not voice for a while now. And uh, Mlegileli says, "Um, uh, disappointed by ICASA rep, Uh, she seems to be supporting the operators. The regulator is compromised. Someone says, the profit, Dr. Gilwald is also compromised. We must see their bank statements. And uh, this one says, um, ICASA is on autopilot Clear, no leadership there, and they seem to be a bit confused about this whole data pricing issue. So people are very emotional about this issue surrounding data and the cost of it, and 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 what is happening is that people are looking, um, in spite of your explanation earlier, uh, Dr. Gilwald, at what is being paid in other countries, and 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 making direct comparisons, just a pure price comparison in terms of if this is one gig, what are they paying for in other countries? like um, uh, what Steph Gareth is sharing with us. Uh, It says uh, one gig cost in India, 11 rand, uh, 22 rand in Nigeria, uh, 32 rand in Namibia, 70 rand in Kenya, 71 rand in Ghana, and then come to South Africa where it will cost you a whopping 149 rand uh, for a gig of data. So people are looking at it, uh, you know, from that perspective as well, Dr. Gilwald. Okay, Dr. Gilwald. are you there, Dr. Gilbert? Y- yes, I am. Can okay. you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah.
2: Um, these you know, People are absolutely right about these prices. What I was saying earlier on is that if you just use a one gig measure, um, you can get a price, and then you can look at what is on offer for that one gig or where you can get that one gig in the country. So, you know, yes, if you're sitting in... Um, Kampala or um, in um, Vintuk, you may get, you know, the, 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 these these prices. Not you may, you will get these prices. If you're sitting in various parts of India, you will get 11 rand for one gigabyte of data. Um, the point is that there the are vast parts of India because of their failure to dist, um, uh, distribute um, uh, to allocate three uh, G spectrum that you can't get um, da- broadband data services at all. So there are low cost models and they are rolling out very fast. But if you look at these prices in relation to coverage and in relation to quality, there are certain aspects to it. So I'm not su- I'm not suggesting that the you know these justify the prices in South Africa. I'm saying there's from a policy point of view there are a number of things that you're looking for. And the the relation of the price to the quality, to the coverage of who actually can receive this in terms of your network coverage all relate to each other. That's not to say that the prices couldn't come down quite a lot. Namibia, for example, has very successfully brought down prices. Um, To to uh, deliver, even on the one gig measure, um, we know that Kenya has, um, we know, for example, Ghana's prices are very competitive because it's got a very competitive market. Mm. But the the extent of the network outside of Accra and some of the main centers is not as extensive as one would like, you know, in terms of, so everybody in, in in Ghana does not enjoy these prices. That's the bottom line
1: and king Chaga says uh, that excuse about traffic is absolute rubbish why is there then uh, no time limit where they can sell you data because of traffic
2: so the sorry you on, on the just yeah, on that yeah, point yeah. about the mm-hmm. the time limit you know, it is true that operators could say there's not going to be no time limits and this is how we're going to attract customers because we're going to our special thing is that we're not going to offer time. You know, we're not going to put a time limit on it, and that would be a, a strategy. As I said, the point about it is that there's a, the time limit is related to the network planning and the cost of the service. So you could make, so for, for example, people who buy you know big bandwidths or contracts or whatever and don't have time limits on it, is because they are paying for it. They are paying a premium for that.
1: So um, for iKasa, before I go to the lines, because I see callers coming on there, um, here's one from uh, Bas Uncle Guete, which is a parody account, says, why an SMS cost, the price for an SMS is two cents, yet the networks are still charging 55 cents. Why is that the case? I guess essentially trying, uh, going on what many are saying that, ICASA is just not there for the, the for the, the the consumer. You're not gonna help them in any way, shape or form here. Um I can understand that,
0: you know, there are concerns about the pricing, but we have to adopt a a balanced view because like I said, and I think um Professor Gailwall said exactly the same thing, that you need to Ensure that we have the widest possible coverage at at least reasonably if not um good quality service because the reality is that's what we're looking for that that's a decision that we've pretty much taken as a country, and we've decided that it's not adequate to simply have data in in metropolitan areas and then you go to other areas and you don't have it. We've taken a decision that we want. Extensive coverage, but that doesn't mean that I'm saying that the prices are what they ought to be. What I'm saying is, yes, the prices have come down. It doesn't mean it can't necessarily come down further. But for costs to facilitate it, facilitate that, it's the same process that we followed with, with um, voice pricing. You do have to conduct the necessary review, which, like I said, are the things that we are beginning this year. In terms of data, and those processes actually take time there's a legislative framework that forces us to follow a very lengthy process It's also a very expensive process to be able to complete that and only once you get to that and it's not an automatic drop so at the end of at the end of a, of a full market review process um and costing and all the rest of it, it doesn't mean that prices could be. Uh, 50 cents today and then it becomes 25 cents tomorrow you have to take into consideration the other factors that were mentioned and look at um you know the trajectory that you would want to be on to get to the ideal price because the, the the position is always that you're trying to price towards cost but before you get there you also have to take into consideration the various elements in terms of the rollout and how you know the, the quality, so you're looking at the, the, the extent of coverage, and you're also looking at pricing and quality.
1: Well, listeners not happy, I can tell you. Let me just read uh, two quick ones before I go to the lines. 0891-104-208. Uh, says, that's a rubbish answer. Why do networks sell big data bundles if you can't use it for a long time? Thieves. And then uh, Sfiso Mnondo says, uh, why do data bundles have to expire? This is not food. Do our cell phones or our TVs expire? So why must the data bundles expire? Uh, let's go to the lines. Raymond, you calling from the Eastern Cape? Good morning.
4: Thank you, madam. How are you? Well, and you? Fine. This this data thing thing is killing us, madam. Very seriously. You know, I'm just a mobile user. I don't have any business. But every time when I purchase bundles, there are the ones that depleted. And you can't see, I buy, I buy 149 from Celsius with one gigabyte, it doesn't finish a month, it doesn't even take a month, I just tweet and you receive what happens only, but still I can't do anything, everything in South Africa is so high, even if you go to a 10 those guys who have $10, they charge high. The problem here is we don't have leadership
1: model. Okay, thank you so much, Raymond. Uh, Chico in Alspread, good morning to you, Chico.
4: Good morning, Sakina. I just wanted to address the issue you raised about how much uh, di- uh, data costs uh, per unit. One gigabyte of data is one gigabyte of data here in South Africa, as it is one gigabyte of data in Norway. Just as one kilowatt hour of electricity is one kilowatt hour here in South Africa as it is in the United States. So that issue about quality and so forth, that's equivocation and pussyfooting that the networks are always giving us and i'm very disappointed that those two ladies are supporting that equivocation and pussyfooting because on the one side they tell us that compared against rich countries the cost the cost in in south africa for the infrastructure is high so we so the cost of data has to be high so that we have uh, comparable uh quality of data but then on the on the on the on the other hand they tell us compared to developing countries in Africa the cost of infra- infrastructure uh, the, the cost of data is high because we have to maintain the standards of of uh, of, uh, of our equipment uh, to uh, at, a, at a comparable level to at a higher level sorry to to african countries so you y- you find yourself between a rock and a hard stone then secondly on to address a, an issue that um, the Vodacom's executive, uh, executive head of innovation, Yanni Van Zyl, uh, brought about in Parliament last week when speaking to the, to the Portfolio Committee, when he was asked on the issue of why data, uh, data disappears at the, end, at the end of the month. And this was his answer. He says data is not a commodity or a consumable product that you can take home. It is a service. Data flows are more like a river or a stream. It is constantly flowing 24-7, and when you activate your data bundle, you place it in a river and it gets carried down the stream. Now, that's a flimsy answer, because on the, on the, on the other hand, you see that contract, contract, uh, people who pay, who, who pay for contract mm. data, they're able to carry that same data over to the next month. So it, it, at the end of the day, it leaves a whole lot of confusion. All that all these these networks are doing are, are confusing us, so that we do not understand what is happening, and then they continue to charge, to excessively charge us as they have been doing on the voice on the voice side. Thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you so much, uh, Chico uh, Vusi. You're in Durban. Good morning to you.
5: Morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you. I am good. One, uh, uh, those two ladies are unfortunately betting for the operators. They are supposed to be there uh, and be on the site. I will ask at some point in in whose site are they on. That's one. Number two, um, if I go to a shop and I buy a dozen of eggs and uh, a month later I've used half of it, You don't get the shop knocking by my door and confiscating the the, the half dozen eggs and then tell me because you haven't eaten it, come and buy it later. There's something wrong. They were being ripped off. Uh, And I would like to say that uh, there is a serious case of anti-competitive behavior and, Mm. and conniving between the operators to push up prices if they were innocent they would have taken the opportunity to come to your show and answer to us directly. But Mm. because they chose not to, they are just guilty as charged. We are being ripped off because government allows it to happen. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Vusi in Durban. Staying in Durban, Jackie, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. I
6: completely and utterly agree with the SMSs coming through and the last few callers. And your representative, the last lady that spoke, the way she says one has to have a balanced point of view. Balanced in whose favor? Balance means equal parts. There's no balance. We all are being completely ripped off, and all the service providers know that. People come from overseas, from all sorts of parts of Africa and Europe, and they're absolutely astounded at the amount we pay for our services. There's no such thing as a balance on the side of the car. you should be ashamed of yourself. You're there for the customer. Listen to the voices of the customer phoning SAFM. It's very sad when we think our voices are completely impotent because you turn around and say, well, it's going to cost this, and you know one has to do this and one has to have a track. Absolute rubbish. You have to get yourself together, at Carsey, and be on the side of the con- con- consumer and do your job. The people that are representing you on the radio are totally with no dynamism whatsoever. And as consumers,
1: we're absolutely fed up. Listen on the radio. Thank Thank you, you, Jackie. Uh, Sonwabo is in Mondio. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you?
7: Good, thanks. Uh, Thanks, man, for the nice show. My, My question would be directed specifically to IKASA. I'm very disappointed with them, Sakina. The role of IKASA, I think they don't know what is their role. I mean... I, don't, I can't blame the networks, they're running a business. So you need a monitoring board like ICASA, which is always very reactive, because even on the ease of the interconnection rates between the networks, they're reactional. In the ease of the data, they're reactional. I mean, the facts that are said about these networks, about the quality and them investing in us getting the quality so that we're able to access this uh, Internet wherever you are in the country, is a second. But now we need to know what are the cost drivers, Someone must investigate that, and definitely it's not the networks. It should be ICASA. Why iKasa is not playing its role, which is to protect us as consumers? I mean, the data is moving so fast. Uh, Sakina, I mean, this month for MTN, I bought three, uh, one gigs. I mean, one gig it they give you 1.5. It finishes, finishes. I will finish. Uh, I bought it three times already this month. Yeah, I'm also on that uh, tip this it, it, month. It, it, it is <laughs> moving so fast. Why is, is ICASA not playing its role of monitoring? Investigate. Come up with facts. I mean, they need to determine what are the cost drivers. Are the networks justified to charge us this much? So ICASA should play that role, not the networks. You can't police yourself.
1: Okay, thank you so much there, uh, Sonwabo. And Jane in Nelspreet. Good morning, Jane. Morning, yes. I, I have to agree with everybody
8: else because I've had exactly the same experiences. You had a caller earlier this morning who had issues with Telcom and we had exactly the same problem with Telcom. I asked them to send me through the breakdown of, of where our data went. I, I went through that, that breakdown and I worked out the exact day between this time and this time in, and in the space of three hours on one day in one month. Half of our data went missing. And I took it back to Telcom. I said to them, what happened here? And I went to the store. I sent it through email several times. I got reference numbers and everything. Nobody ever came back to me, and we just had to suck up the money that we had paid. It was a prepaid, um, not a prepaid, a monthly amount that we pay per month for uh, 50 gigs of data, and we, it just disappeared. It literally disappeared in three hours and I could see it on their breakdown. I sent it back to them and they could not give me any answers and it was just too bad for us. So we are being ripped off and there is nobody to protect us. I they do not refund you? There. No, they didn't refund us, they didn't give us back our data, nothing at all. So we are being ripped off and the people who are representing the companies that are supposed to be protecting us are not doing that at all.
1: When did this happen, Jane?
8: This was this year in June. I've got I've got all of the email data, I've got everything that telcom sent through to me, I've taken it through to the store, I've emailed it through to several people at email, I've got everything in writing and not one person can give me an answer as to where our data disappeared to.
1: Okay, Ms. Pelé from Mikasa says uh, we should take your details. She'll follow up. So don't put the phone down, Jane. I'm going to put you back to our production team. And um, then uh, just on that, uh, BZ Mshuri, uh, uh, Shiburi rather says the same, says, Vodacom stole my one gig data and airtime by the 14th of this month. I complained and they gave me two gigs free. So clearly this also does seem to happen. Uh, Mikabela in East London, good morning to you.
9: Morning. I'm getting the impression that Akasa is behaving more and more like EFCOM. So this is my direct question to them. Are they considering more competitors uh, as far as uh, providing services are concerned? And please, they must not come up with this story about uh, quality and, and coverage and what that can be sorted. Straight question. Are they considering having more and more competitors or service providers uh, to provide the same services that are being provided by the existing network, which would create the necessary competition that we are looking for? Well, would
1: it? Would it, Mikabela? Would it create the necessary competition, given what we are seeing now?
9: Well, I, 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 I would suppose, how, how else then would you incorporate a new service provider if that provider, if service provider cannot provide uh, more competitive packages? Uh, and, and, and secondly, and secondly, I would assume that by then, at least Akasa would then be able to come back to us and tell us what are the cost-drive factors as they had alluded to earlier, which is actually the basis of, of this conversation. It is for us to understand how much does it cost realistically to them as a service provider to provide one gig or, or one or whatever whatever you want to call it, before it then becomes commercialized. That's the basis of this conversation, uh,
1: Sakina. Thank you so much, Mm -hmm. uh, Mikabela. And uh, you have so many messages coming through. Let me just uh, read a few SMSs before I get the panel to respond. Uh, This one says, What is ICASA doing about overseas call charges recently increased by up to 20 times? Um, William says, Why do SMSs... um, uh, I have paid for expire. Uh, see an SMS below from Vodacom. Same happens with data. Uh, Willie, you have 15 ad hoc SMSs remaining, which expire on 2016, 10, 12 why do these SMSs and data, uh, data have expiry dates? This is paid for and amounts to robbery. And then um, uh, Galweni in Mount Frere says, in rural areas we need technology education. Please, we are far behind. This one says, all education would benefit from free data. Another one, most network companies, especially MTN, um, has a weak network where it hangs during browsing and uh, charges. It charges me a lot on data. I've experienced a loss of money after recharging and used it in one call. And when you ask the agents, they tell you it's a computer problem and there's nothing they can do. This one says, if you want affordable off-campus university education, make data free. And Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, we must demand to be refunded for the expired and forfeited data. It's daylight robbery. So some of the comments there. Uh, Let me start with uh, Dr. Thank you
2: very much for all those comments. Um, Sigeen, I just wanted to just say two things. I mean, I think there are a lot of consumer um, awareness issues and there are lots of consumer complaint issues. And um, certainly people can have been mischarged, can be overcharged, and these things need mm. to be dealt with by the um, Consumer Council and by CASA. There's also some... Uh, sort of more structural issues that we need to deal with and absolutely as I indicated in the beginning, we need to actually have the evidence in order to make the interventions. We need to understand the costs, we need to understand the cost drivers and we need to understand what government and reg- the regulator can do to immediately alleviate prices and in the longer term do things. I just wanted to mention two things very quickly. Some of the issues around competitiveness. Yes, there is an attempt with a new spectrum to introduce mobile, virtual mobile network operators that would allow service level competition and there's you know arguably room for that in the market that might work The problem is is that for a lot of people, although we speak about this problem as a national problem and the cost of data, um, and obviously it is high for all of us, but particularly high for people um, in middle and lower income groups, it's most hard for people in rural areas who often do not get access to these services at all, or if they do, they're very high cost. There are a number of initiatives that government could take to reduce those. Firstly, it could move very swiftly on releasing the spectrum so that we're using optimal spectrum that comes at the right cost in order to deliver these 3G and 4G services. Um, and, ICASA and the government need to get out of the court and into um, the markets and start letting people um, deliver services. The other thing that I, we should talk about, in, in fact, in, in, in Namibia, they're trialling right as we speak the making available 2G spectrum. That's the old voice spectrum, free of charge um, across the country, but particularly where it would be, avail- be used in rural areas where there's not um, other networks. So the people can at least make emergency calls and stuff. Now, this really raises this very big issue of you know, whether the poor should be left with low quality, etc. But at the moment, there are people who simply cannot afford to use the networks that are there or they're not available. By making the 2G spectrum Freely available. Only people who really have to use that speed spectrum are going to use it, um, that speed service are going to use it. Other people would be paying for their 3G, 2G services. But you could immediately get rural people getting access to those services. As I said, there are many communities, there are many cooperatives that are trying to run their own networks to provide competitive services or to provide community cost-based services to their communities. Those could be immediately unleashed. It's a matter of you know very very um, uh, re- writing of some regulations that it would be. There's no more ground to object to, I think, on the operator's parts. So there's a lot of stuff that um, government, ICASA, and of course the regulators need to be held to book but ICASA has to be able to do that in terms of the data, in terms of the evidence that they need. So I really, I really think you know, we, there is a complexity around this. We need to be, understand that these networks operate on the basis of billions of dollars that have, have been invested, dollars and rands that have been invested over the last few years to build out these networks. We need to make them um, work, we need to get as much mm. people onto them. We need to get those prices regulated um, if they need to be. Um, and we need to look at alternative strategies. We need to look at how poor people can access these low, um, you know, these small um, bundles, and then use these public networks, which are part of our national policy, to get these public Wi-Fi networks out there. And we see already in China and Cape Town that people are doing that. They're buying their little data bundle. They're getting onto WhatsApp, doing their communications, going to the public Wi-Fi, doing their big downloads, doing their um, mm-hmm. uh, things. So people can people can. You Be- begin to use these um, publicly available systems as well in order to supplement okay. the services while their prices remain high.
1: Um, uh, comments about uh, the the the, uh, uh, the network quality. People saying it's not that great. So what's the talk about uh, recouping the cost there? Um, Mukone says I previously worked in Angola. I came to South Africa for two months, and when I got back to Angola, my data was still available to me. Um, Ms. Pele. Um. ECALSA
0: is on the side of the consumer. Yes, there is um, a considerable amount more that can be done in terms of consumer awareness, um, which is what the regulation does. So it really promotes um, awareness and uh, places an obligation on operators as well. Um, so there would be awareness. But then there's also the other process that I said that we'd begun During this financial year, looking at data prices, it is a lengthy process, and we are compelled to do that in in terms of the law. We've already started it before uh, the Data Must Fall campaign started, um, and we hope to have at least achieved part of it by the end of this financial year, and that may result in in the reduction of of prices but then that would be because you would have to follow a process to determine the actual costs
1: Well, we haven't heard the end of this one for quite some time yet, I might say. But thanks so much to our guest this morning, Dr. Alison Gilwald, Executive Director at Research ICT Africa, and uh, to um, ICASA Councillor Katarina Pille in our Joburg studio and Cape Town studios, respectively. And, of course, to you for your fantastic participation. We appreciate it. And we'll be back tomorrow morning. In the meantime, SAFM continues.